Hi everybody, welcome to my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today I talk with Faith Science about her work in the disability community, particularly the neurodiversity community. I'm excited to talk to her about all things neurodiversity and what she does to help people with disabilities in the workplace. Anyway, I hope you tune in to this episode of this podcast and enjoy. Okay, so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how Neurotalent Consulting got started. Like, where did that idea come from? First off, introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Faith Signs. I am an autistic autism advocate. Um, I have a, a history, a career in talent acquisition, um, mainly technical talent acquisition um, for some, some pretty large companies where I got a lot of really great experience in hiring and, and sort of what that world looks like. Um, but at the beginning of my career in talent acquisition, I also was diagnosed with autism. And so in the early years of my career, I was kind of processing that information and learning all about autism and my autism and my support needs at the same time as I was really finding this space to be super exclusive. Um, you know, when it comes to super traditional recruiting practices, they're really only designed for one very specific type of person, right? Like most things used to be um, in the workplace. So I think the more I started to get passionate about autism in general, and especially when I started meeting other autistic people in the community and finding so many like brilliant, creative, incredible, people that were all unemployed, um, I started to really see there's a need here. <laughs> there's like somebody needs to come fill this gap here. So that's what I that's when I opened Neurotalent Consulting. Mm -hmm. I, I read that your company's focused on reducing the barriers in communication, you know, between neurotypical hiring teams and autistic talent. So if you could elaborate on that. Yeah, totally. Um, so I work with both the companies, to talent acquisition teams, and also directly with autistic people. So my goal in working with uh, companies' uh, hiring teams is to make that more inclusive in the way that they're interviewing and the kinds of questions that they're asking and the, the formats of the interviews, all of those sorts of things. Um, but at the same time, there's really only so much I can do on this end, because at the end of the day, you know, neurodiverse communication, which means communication between someone who is autistic or otherwise neurodivergent and someone who is uh, neurotypical or not um, neurodisabled in some way, um, it's always a challenge, right? Um, because we just think so differently and we process information so differently. So I also saw that there was a need working directly with autistic people honestly kind of helping we do a lot of just straight up like translating <laughs> like when they ask this question what they really are asking is this right because um holistic people or non-autistic people sometimes will say things or ask things that aren't the actual question that they said word for word but because of the way they asked it in the contents that they in the context that they asked it everybody else, neurotypical people, just kind of unconsciously naturally pick up on that. And then they answer the question that they actually wanted them to answer. Mm. 
But, but autistic people, we don't do that. You asked a question and we answered the exact question, you know, that you had for us. So an example I always use is like, you know, if someone was like, so Faith, I heard that you own Neurotalent Consulting. My answer would be yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but mm -hmm. in, a, in a conversation, they were probably looking for me to be like, I do. Yeah, I open it up, blah, blah, blah. And this is what we do. Blah, blah, blah. They were obviously asking, tell me more about that. But they thought it was implicit, right? Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so so helping with the communication on both sides, I thought really would help kind of bridge the gap here between like between the two and kind of help solve uh, the problem there. Mm -hmm. You know, we often think about the, you know, the traditional hiring process as, you know, this long, arduous process where you sort of yeah. apply for jobs, submit cover letters, resumes. Mm -hmm. I I've done that, obviously. You know, mm -hmm. what has been going on there? You know, like, why aren't more people with disabilities, you know, hired more frequently? In other words, where's the equal opportunity for employment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, that's obviously definitely a layered question. Um, you know, there's a lot of different answers for, for that. But, um, you know, like I said earlier on, um, the hiring process, just like everything else in the corporate world, was built for cisgendered white men period. Like that's just what it was built for. And so, you know, it's, it really started out as like, so we need to fill this position here, are all of the things I'm putting in place to get that done. And that was just some dude somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So like all of these norms and like, this is the way we do it was never supposed to be for everybody. It was only ever supposed to be for one person. And so, you know, when we look at things like diversity and inclusion and those efforts internally in a company, um, we really need to see real actual action and effort. I think a lot of times we don't tend to see that internally, which is why organizations like mine um, try to step in and help. But, um, you know, I think the the process being as long and arduous as it is, is part of what is really exclusive about it when it comes to disabled candidates, um, especially when it comes to um, like intellectually disabled candidates or neurodivergent candidates. It's, it's really... Um, it's really a really crazy thing to ask, right? To have to, oh, upload your resume and then fill out all of the information that we already got when you uploaded your resume, but fill it out here and then answer all these questions. Like it's a minefield and it is, I believe, supposed to be, um, like it's supposed to be able to eliminate people along the way in a way that I don't think is super fair. But, um, you know, I think um, one thing that I would say about it is like, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Happens a lot with <laughs> sick people. Wait, mm -hmm. repeat the last part of the question and help me remember maybe. Uh, 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 the, the last part of the question was, you know, what, you know, why aren't more people with disabilities, you know, hired uh -huh. more frequently? Yes. Know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a good question. And again, like I said, it's a layered question. But one thing that I will definitely call out is that there's no real um, accountability with companies, especially smaller, lesser known companies, right? Um, because right now, the ADA, uh, which is like in the United States, that's like the laws around disability inclusion, requires for them to provide a certain amount of support for a disabled candidate when that candidate discloses their disability. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, no one is stopping Joe at some random mid-level company somewhere from following that, 
right? Like Mm -hmm. no one's going to step in and make sure he does that. And there are so many instances where disabled candidates will get called for an interview. We will ask for accommodations and then we will get ghosted and never hear from them again. And I think a lot of it is they don't have the education around how to work with disabled people. They don't have the education around what do we need? What are the processes, products, what things that we need to include for support and accessibility? And they just don't want to mess with it. I really think that's a lot of it. It's mm-hmm. it's companies that are just like, it's a lot of effort and we're busy. And um, as disappointing as that is, I think it's just, you know, it's up to people like you and me to speak out against it and, and you know, try to move that needle forward any way we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oftentimes, you know, they uh, companies often sugarcoat, oh, we, we are, we strive for diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, they just, they just, it's just their words. They just, yeah. yeah, but not, it's, they don't turn that into action, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I I do. There's a lot of, I think, really healthy and appropriate criticism that has been coming out against internal DEI teams lately. And I think that's definitely, uh, I think that's warranted. I think that there's a lot that it almost feels pacifying. It almost feels like those teams are like, um, let's get these people off our back and they're complaining about stuff. So we'll just like make a big deal out of, you know, whatever, like, Pride Month will throw it, we'll, we'll have rainbows everywhere and that'll make everything okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just not, it's not supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. My next question is like, how's your approach at Neuro Talent Consulting different from the more traditional hiring practices that people are used to seeing? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, traditionally, when you're looking at including um, autistic talent in the hiring process and making it more inclusive to them, what a lot of companies have been doing is creating like a secondary specific interview path that is like, this is for autistic candidates to go through this this process here and to, and these are roles that we've designated for this process. And um, the issue there is that we're not really safe to disclose our autism. Because like I said, people will just ghost us after they find out. And it happens so many times. And we'll we'll be um, discriminated against with our manager and with all these different things. It's just, we, all of us have had, or so many of us have had so many bad experiences that like, you know, when we start in a new role, we don't disclose to people. So you cannot um, build an accessible process that hinges on someone raising their hand and saying, I'm different. I need help. Please give me special treatment. So instead, what I like to do is open up the main hiring process, their actual original like interview process to be more customizable to the specific person. So that way, if I'm interviewing at a company that will say I'm working, I'm interviewing a company that Neurotelling Consultant Consulting has already worked with, and they're kind of working with our process, right? So I would get a call from them saying, hey, we selected you for an interview. Um, It's going to be a 30-minute call with the talent acquisition specialist. Would you like that to be a video call or a phone call? Would you like that to be 30 minutes or do you think you would need 45? Like give actual options and allow people to set their own process that way, right? Within Mm -hmm. the parameters of specific things that like we need a technical assessment, how would you like to do it? That sort of thing. So that way they're collecting all the information they need to assess this person for the role, 
but it, it's on that person to let them know what the best interview process for them is. And that way, nobody has to raise their hand. This is just for everybody. It's not for autistic people. It's just for mm -hmm. everyone. And I genuinely believe that everybody can benefit from a process like that. Like it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't make any sense that we don't know interview questions ahead of the interview to be able to prepare ourselves. Right. And autistic people struggle with information recall. So we very much need to be able to prepare. I, I emailed you before this and asked for questions, you know, so I can right. prepare for this podcast appearance. And that's, that's what we do. But, um, but the reality is, everybody could benefit from being able to prepare with the interview questions, not just autistic people. So, and the, and the only reason they aren't doing that is some, it's just because it's like an added challenge, I think. Like how fast can you think on the spot? And like, if mm -hmm. you're not a firefighter, you don't have to think on the spot. Okay. Like don't, if like, don't evaluate people based on that, if they're going to be like software engineers, you know, like mm -hmm. when is that ever going to be necessary? So yeah, I, I turned that answer into ranting, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I totally. So yeah. like, who are your key players um, or stakeholders that you're involved with that neuro uh, talent consulting is involved with in like your, in your company's efforts? Who are the key players, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of internally, it's just me right now, but I, um, you know, my main focus is working really closely with like the decision makers on recruiting and talent acquisition teams. So we're talking about like, you know, the program managers or the accessibility directors or, you know, whatever it looks like who actually can, can, um, make change to process, um, in the, in the talent acquisition space. So, um, you know, that's definitely my main focus is, is targeting those, those individuals and uh, kind of getting them on board, um, is definitely a big thing. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have many, um, people that I lean on for support and that have helped me in creating, like coming up with ideas and things like that. Just other people. I've, I've been able to meet a lot of really incredible people in the community that are like other advocates I've met online. And, um, you know, they've been really supportive and helpful as well. But um, yeah, this has been my brainchild <laughs> that lives in the world now. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's your baby. And so to speak, it's your creation. Yeah. 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 So my next question is, tell me a little bit about the impact that your company has on the, you know, the disability community, you know, like what, what sorts of things have you sort of noticed, you know, when creating this company, what have people told you, um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, <clears throat> a main point, and I, I probably should have said this earlier, but a main point that I think is important for people to understand is that there is currently an estimated 65 to 75% unemployment rate in the autistic community. So mm -hmm. 65 to 75% of us are not working or have never been able to hold full-time employment. And for those of us who are employed, many of us are underemployed, meaning, you know, someone could have a master's degree and they're working for $15 an hour at a call center, right? So like, it's, it's that challenging for us to get work. And my main goal is reducing that that percentage. I want to, um, I want our unemployment rate to drop. I want that to go down. I want people to understand how to hire and how to help us be successful in a role. Um, but then also I think like in terms of the impact so far, um, working with autistic people has really been 
um, where I've been able to do most of the work so far and being able to just clarify, like, um, you know, long before I officially opened Neurotalent Consulting, I was meeting with autistic job seekers, like just in my free time and kind of helping answer questions about the interview process. And um, I think just being able to answer their questions about what did this mean when so-and-so said this and what does this mean in an interview when they ask this and really being able to sort of decode neurotypical interviewing has been, I think, really helpful for people so far. And, and I hope to be able to do even more of that to the broader autistic community in the future. Mm-hmm. Lastly, what are two pieces of advice that, that you would give a company that wants to include uh, autistic people people with disabilities? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the number one thing I would say is um, you need to educate yourself on disability uh, inclusion in the workplace. You need to educate yourself. What are the products and programs that we can offer? And like, what are the things that are blockers right now in disabled people being successful in our company? And um, along with the education component is data collecting, companies need to start collecting data on the disability community. Right now, they'll release their diversity numbers and it's around the queer community, women, um, you know, the black and Latino communities. And there isn't even information in most companies on how many employees are disabled and like in leadership, how many people are disabled, like they're just not even collecting data. And you can't help people when you aren't collecting data on them period. You cannot mm -hmm. help a community you are not seeking to understand. So that's number one. Um, and then number two is a, a much more specific thing. Um, and I would say uh, I really actively try to teach against what I call the now meet so-and-so syndrome. Um, I think a lot of times there are managers who maybe the manager is newer or maybe they're um, working on a different team or maybe they have a new manager that's been really hard on them. But for whatever reason, people have a hard time making a call in the interview process. I, as a recruiter, have worked with so many hiring teams that take like they they have a full interview process with a really great candidate and they have nothing but positive things to say, but they're still hesitant to pull the trigger and send out an offer. And then they're like, well, I want them to meet with so-and-so, the director of this and, and such and such, this person too, so they can get all of these other people's feedback. And the reality is that is built-in bias in the process because you're not learning any new information about that candidate or their skills, which is the only reason you should be having an interview is to learn about them and their skills and whether or not they can do the role. So when you have this now meet so-and-so, I want so-and-so's opinion, you're literally just asking for someone's fully biased opinion on how the, the candidate appears to them. Um, and it's somehow this like widely accepted thing that companies do all the time. And so, um, yeah, now meet so-and-so that should never be said. Just that, yeah, that should be thrown out the window, thrown out the window. We don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah. points. Yeah. All right, everybody, that does it for today's episode of My Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I talked with Faith Sines about her work in the disability community and how she helps people with disabilities in so many ways. Anyway, I hope you tune in for more episodes of this podcast. Until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everyone.